0: you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast, powered by the War Report, and also powered by your boy Mike G, that guy Auburn Memes, and my girl Brandy Matt. Guys, it's Thursday. How are we we feeling?
1: Feeling okay. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Memes, Memes are slow to answer. Memes. Yeah, we we fighting the flu,
2: so we're, okay. uh, we're feeling right. uh
0: the chills, chills and aches. Okay. So Memes is having his uh Jordan flu game today. He's got <laughs> the flu, but he is powering through this podcast. It's game six of the finals, and memes has the flu, but he's here with us. Uh guys, I want to jump right in today's topic. It's gonna be simple. Some of you may laugh, some of you may not. The question is simple that I pose to you, fine gentlemen and lady. Is Auburn basketball mid? Is it time to admit that Auburn basketball is mid as hell? Auburn lost to West Virginia by three points. They were getting molly in the first half, somehow fought back to lose by only three, Uh, but they lost and a loss is a loss. And that would have been a quad one win. uh, Bruce Pearl said in the aftermath of that loss that, it was a missed opportunity. He admitted. He admitted in the presser after the game that they missed an opportunity. Uh, guys, are they mid And you know, can they afford to miss many more opportunities for quad one wins? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Simply put, no. <laughs> nah, they gonna win them all. We gonna get undefeated. Now, uh, Real talk. We got the uh, we got the quad, the quad uh, stats pulled up here. Auburn. He's got two quad one wins. Northwestern bumped up to a quad win. So about that. Oh, great. Northwestern, Arkansas. And then your losses were to Memphis. And oddly enough, Southern Cal has jumped up to a quad one loss. West Virginia. Your quad two losses were to Georgia, which Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy compared to how Georgia was last year. Texas A&M, by process elimination, everything else was a quad win. Your other quad two wins, just to go through this very, very quickly. Were Washington okay? That was a, that was a road win, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Okay. Bradley with a neutral court. I Guess that was down. Wasn't that a those Bahamas game? I believe.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Kinda
2: beat the brakes off them, but I guess they just really love the neutral court there. Uh Florida, Old Miss, and Mississippi State were your quad two wins. Everything else was split between four and three.
0: Hmm. Brandy, uh, you know, given what memes just said about who Auburn has beat, that um, the NET respects as quad one and who they've lost to, that they respect as quad one. Is this a mid-team right now? Like, are they... Should we just accept the fact that Auburn is okay? Like, like they could beat you, but they're probably not if you're good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I've kind of accepted this for a while now. I think this team is just mediocre. Um... There's nothing that's really special about this team. They do have, you know, good play on defense. Outside of that, you know, there's not much to like about this team. Mm. And I don't think that's like a, a necessarily like bad thing to say, considering we just lost two players in the lottery. But it does kind of speak to the fact that there wasn't a shooter that was kind of... Um, gotten in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we clearly lacked. Even last year, I would say we, we, outside of Jabari, we really didn't have anybody that was our a go-to guy outside of him that could shoot the ball consistently well. And you need more than just one guy on a team to do that in the first that's place. Right. And the fact that we have none right now is um, a little disheartening and concerning. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're just mediocre and we lack shooting. And it's very clear that Coach Pearl is still trying to figure out what's the best rotation at the right time for these guys and it kind of makes you wonder if the team's just lacking like a cohesive unit too
0: yeah so sure. and
1: and as for like the quad one and quad two wins like I think when you look at even our quad two wins because I know we have a good amount of quad two wins like they're not anything to write home about you know like Ole Miss is a quad two win in there only because we played them on the road like that team is not making the tournament at all, so...
0: Brandy, is it fair to say that Auburn is like... So they're winning the games they're supposed to win, but kind of losing the toss-ups? Because ESPN's FBI gave West Virginia like a like a 58% chance to win that game, so they were favored by a lot of people to win. West Virginia was favored, and uh, we talked about this in the,
2: the uh, Lobtown, I think, last episode. Auburn was actually favored... To beat and M at home pretty favorably, and we saw how bad of an egg they dropped on that one, so yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I would agree like we're we're losing a lot of those toss up games, maybe even losing games we shouldn't lose, um, and I you know, it just takes me back to when we played Memphis in Atlanta earlier this season, from that Memphis game to what we just saw this weekend in the West Virginia game, but really the Texas A&M game, if you look from the Memphis game to the Texas A&M game, like what have we improved since then? I'd say nothing. <laughs> like, right. it just kind of feels like we've been seeing exactly what we've seen since then. And I think that just kind of speaks to the roster that we have this season. Um, but I will say like the second half of the West Virginia game, especially compared to the first, it looks like they had a lot of fight in them. And that's something that you always want, especially when we do head into March. So, you know, like I said, I just don't think this team is anything to write home about. Like to me, they're like mediocre at best.
0: Well guys, we're at the five minute mark. So I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, which is Auburn may have lost, but Bama also got blown out this weekend by uh, Oklahoma. So uh, this is brought to you by Bama getting blown out by Oklahoma. Uh, I will mention <laughs> that every five minutes until the end of today's podcast. Um,
1: Oh, on top of that, I, I'm really glad you pointed that out. This is a down year in the SEC.
0: It, it is.
1: We saw that this past weekend in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. The Big 12 won that. And some of the SEC winners were actually kind of surprising. Mizzou, mm-hmm. Mississippi State. Um, I mean, that's pretty surprising. The, well, the only, non-surprising, only yeah. non-surprising one was Tennessee blowing Texas out at home. Um But
0: I mean, well, they're about they're about as up as a half pill of Viagra. Um, But pivoting back to uh, Auburn here memes. I have a question for you because I have heard this said. Yeah, let's get it. Um, Because we agree. I think the three of us agree that Auburn is kind of mid this year. But I've seen it written also in the same breath that this is one of Bruce Pearl's best coaching jobs ever. Can are, are those two things? Can those two things coexist? You know, what What are your feelings on that? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And I want to bring up something uh,
2: really, really interesting going back to a year that's starting to get compared to this one a whole lot. And let's take a train, a time machine train, back to the year 2020. Oh, the time machines. I love 2021, it. 2021 with a, a team led by none other than Sharif Cooper. Okay. And let's remember that Sharif only got to play 12 games that year due to Some NCAA bullshat. Shout out, all my homies hate the NCAA. All my homies uh, hate the NCAA. All my homies hate them. And I think he missed the last two games due to an ankle injury as well, so that cut him short to 12 that season. But let's just go over this team real quick. Sharif Cooper, uh, healthy, playing 100% Allen Flanagan. Somebody's got a cat going crazy. It's
0: me. It's me. It's my brother's cat.
2: All right. Well, shout out Mike's brother's cats for uh, jumping on in this. It sounds like a me. baby.
0: It's insane.
2: Well, perfect segue to me talking about Justin Powell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, and ironically, Justin Powell and Sharif Cooper never actually got to play a game together, which would have been back then very nice. Of course, our guy, Jalen Williams, Jamal Johnson, who ended up transferring UAB. Of course, JT Thor and a young. Devin Cambridge, who is, speaking of shooters, shooting his brains out at Arizona State this year, which is absolutely pain because I think he's shooting around 37 38% from three. Yep, I said it. You heard it. That's true. Young Dylan Cardwell, uh, Turbo, who went to South Alabama, and then Chris Jones, Stretch, and the whole guys. And also got a young Leor on there as well. Point being, if you had the starting group of these guys all healthy physically and in Justin Powell's case mentally – Everybody there good to go. If you had those same guys on this team, and let's just pretend no one left the NBA, none of that, plus some of the guys that transferred the roster spots you could fill in with some of the guys that brought in. It's like those are the missing links for this team. Just imagine if you had a Sharif Cooper, you had a Justin Powell who is now on his third transfer destination. Not going to get into that, playing at Washington State, but shooting... Like an absolute maniac for Washington State. Shot really well at Auburn as well. Didn't touch the court at Tennessee. LOL At that. But just take all the drama that surrounded him away from it. You had a, you know, we see what Jalen Williams is still doing. And let's just pretend JT Thor stayed and developed. It was like looking at those guys, like everything on this team or the pieces that this team would be missing, most of those guys were freshmen. Now they would be juniors and some of them would be seniors. You're sitting Mm -hmm. there kind of almost want to pull your hair out and being like, man... Wouldn't that be really nice right now? And I want to remind everybody: the average points Sharif Cooper had that year was twenty point two. That is the highest point average a player's had at all. Wow! Right now in twenty plus years, that's so, easy.
0: that's easy to forget, uh, based on lot, the fact that he missed a lot of the the first half of the season. Yeah, right? and that's
2: that, yeah. There's no cupcake games. That's all SEC play. So a lot of people sleep and disrespect Sharif, like. Guy was an absolute baller, and I mean, as a freshman, now his—I mean—the only part his game really, really lacked, of course, was his three-point shooting. Which I mean, obviously, you get time to develop that, but all the same, dude was a baller and assist machine. Ugh. if only we could have had a full season with him, and you know, had they not had a unjust uh, punishment. Anyway, don't get into that. The past, the past. What I'm trying to get at is this was a comparable story here to your question. This was Bruce Pearl's, as he would say, youngest team. Okay. And he coached them through a lot of those woes through that. And they had a lot of things not go his way. He had two of his best players from a performance standpoint. I'll say two of the three. We'll put Flanagan up there. But his guys that were shooting the most, I mean, Flanagan, Sharif, and Justin were his top three guys on points uh, average. You had <clears throat> two of them go out. So you missed, like I said, they never played any t- get games together so you had the first half with with Justin bam he's out you got a game or two then Sharif's in Then they're both out at the end of the season so you're down there production and you somehow still made that season work all things considered you got a postseason band you got a really young team you got a lot of guys that you're kind of moving pieces grooving with getting them ready to go you're trying to develop guys and you still send two guys from this team to the NBA so that in itself very impressive And the identity of that team and the identity of the team the year after that, the identity of the team before that, they're all different. So as it's going to say, Bruce's coaching, let's fast forward to this team. you all hear me out. I'm preaching for a second. Okay.
0: All right. right. And
2: this team's catching a lot of flack, and they've got various reasons for that. And I'm not going to blame or even look and say, oh, well, it's coaching, 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 because what we're really getting at here, and I think the biggest elephant in the room with this team is I don't think anybody expected – Chance to go down and have his issues with his injury. Traor, from what we saw in Israel, kind of what we do, who's going to be a development piece, a guy who had the potential and all the elements, might need a little bit more time to develop. That's totally fine. That's normal. It can happen. We can't be expecting every single freshman to come here and just light it up every single time. His future is very, very bright, and we've seen little glimpses of that. He's just got to develop some other aspects of his game to be a fully well-rounded player. Trey. Same kind of elements. I mean, we've seen a lot of flashes out of Trey. I think there's just, once again, kind of deals there. He's got to get a little bit more development, what round out his game, but he has probably been the most well rounded piece to the team. But what this team does compared to all the other years and things they've worked on and gotten better and gotten worse at every year, how the offense is run, how the defense is run, how it's moving and shifting between different players. That is all adaptive. And a coach, the thing that makes a good coach is what is a coach going to do with the players and the personnel that he has? Okay. Now, I don't have enough time to go break down every single year, every single player and the differences and how they shifted the positions around and what they've done with rotations. But you can even see with the way they're doing the guard play, the shifting the minutes and all these other things, you're working with the things that you've got. Now, I'm not going to be a couch coach here. I think the only question mark I really have, I mean, a lot of people have noticed this. I'm just going to say it because it is something we're saying is, I think everybody's really wondering why Zep is taking more rotation at the two and not the one. Obviously, the one has been Zep's position. His natural position, Zep's been playing college basketball for like 12 years now. He played it a lot last year. Trey's been fine as kind of a relief, too, for Wendell, but it just seems odd. And even when we saw that game where Zep did get those minutes when uh, Wendell had his had his uh, ankle injury, or knee injury, lower leg injury, Zep, Looked totally confident running the guard. It's not like you see this massive drop off at zip at the one. So that part does confuse me, but I still believe and think that there's a lot of things that are going on with this team. I think there's a lot of external factors. Uh, you still seeing even just the kinks with Chris Moore's injury. That I think this team has actually been coached up to play at a higher level than maybe they would have if I was going to say you, coach you.
0: You sound kind of stuck between Sharif's team and this team. Well, I think there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. All right. I think I think but you've this got is the, some. Is this the best one or that the best one? The, uh, which team was better? Yeah, No, which is the best, better coaching job? This one or that one? Uh, I'll say this one for sure. Okay, listen. Uh, memes, uh, I wanted to let you get through that. Uh, but we, it's time for another sponsor break. This podcast is brought to you by Bama getting blown out by Oklahoma by 24 points. <laughs> uh, never forget. Brandy to uh, yeah. talk to me here you know is 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 Bruce coaching them up or you know is I mean this is still a 16 and 5 team this is a five right. loss team yeah
1: it's, so you know I want to say yes but the lack of development in Katie Johnson ooh. and I will say he's matured a little bit but honestly still like the lack of development in Wendell Green like I mean, I know he's, you know, the one guy that we run our offense through and stuff, but the lack of development in both of them and then the lack of development in Alan Flanagan, given, you know, he did go through an injury. I just worry about that part of it, the lack of development in those guys. But at the same time, like those guys weren't necessarily... Besides Flanagan, and I want—he's an outlier because of his injury. I'm just going to leave it at that. But those guys weren't expected to be something insanely special. But year over year, we should see some kind of improvement. And I don't feel like we've seen that specifically from, especially Katie. Um, and so you got to question like the minutes that he's getting.
0: But he did kind of bench him.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he did
0: bench him to try to try to turn that around a little bit. Does he get credit for that
1: move? I think got he does. Credit. Yeah. So I, I, d- I definitely think he does get credit there. Yes. Um, I think I think Bruce is doing the best that he can right now with this roster. And I think, honestly, like the woes this season, in my opinion, truly come down to a personnel issue. But who do you oh blame God. for that when the one shooter I thought that we might have going into this season transferred, Devin Cambridge, um, even though he didn't do that great last year, like, you kind of should have kept somebody or gotten somebody to replace him almost. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Like the fact that there just wasn't somebody that was pursued heavily in the portal. And obviously we got Janai and he's been a great replacement for Kessler. Obviously he's... Not, you know, he's not Walker Kessler, but I mean, he's as good as you could have asked for a replacement in that position. Um, but, you know, we 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 just never pursued somebody else that was going to really get this offensive side of the ball moving for us. And honestly, at the end of last year, um, the SEC tournament, the end of SEC play, and in the NCAA tournament, you saw the lack of offense and kind of the woes on that side of the ball towards the end of last year. So you kind of knew going into the offseason, like, this is something that we really need to fill. So I don't, I feel like the ball was dropped there. That's my thing. I feel like the ball was dropped there and with kind of guard play development.
0: So if they're, if he's dropping balls this season that you feel like maybe weren't dropped in previous seasons, it feels like you don't think this is his best coaching job.
1: No, I definitely don't think this is his best coaching job because I take somebody like Bryce Brown, who if you look at him when he first got to Auburn and then you look at him when he left Auburn and look at his shooting percentages, the development from point A to point Z was incredible. I want to see that from Bruce again. So I don't know if it's just the like I said, I think it's more of a personnel thing, Um, you know obviously katie's not bryce brown so right, right. you know every every person's different and i fully believe in bruce still and think that he's still headed in the right direction like i said i think this is a down year and honestly a lot of it has to do with chance also being in like suffering an injury too and, yeah. and coming back in because we saw a little like we saw different than what we've seen the little we have seen this year um in israel um from chance like he he's pretty well then so yeah, I think there's just one a luck, bad luck in that case, um, and then two, just personnel. But you, the best part about you know the collegiate athletics right now is you can change, fully change personnel from one season to the next in any sport right now because of the transfer portal. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, I believe they they I believe they shut chance down for the year. Um, that's so, the word that's coming out. Yeah, season. I believe they shut them down. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want to ask this question, you know, if a guy doesn't develop, cause you mentioned Katie, right. If a guy doesn't develop, you know, is that always on the coach or, you know, cause I'll tell you, I went to a press conference and I asked a question about why unbeknownst to me, you know, what happened to Dylan, like, why did not we see a lot of Dil- Dylan Cardwell? I, I, it was after, uh, Texas a We didn't see a lot of, him. um coach Pearl looked a little, he got kind of flustered. And then he just said, you know, I don't want to see anything negative about a kid, you know, and he ended and as he was walking out the door, he looked at me again and kind of reiterated the point. Um, So it seemed like maybe, you know, the others were in on something I wasn't in on, but, you know, he seems to be doing his best to coach all these kids up. Right. Um, But maybe he's just got more, areas that he's got to coach up than maybe in previous years is that that fair to say
1: I think that's fair to say and also I think it's important to note his staff from when he started at Auburn and especially that final four run looks a lot different now when I talk about his staff I mean the head coach at Florida used to be under him Um, obviously Chuck Person used to be under him I think there's another. I think there might have been two more assistant coaches who aren't with Auburn anymore that have gone on to different programs as well because of promotion purposes. So, you know, Bruce has kind of seen what Saban has seen, where you know personnel under them go and pursue bigger and better opportunities to advance their own careers. So, I think some of it could also have to do with that too, and like rebuilding the staff below him.
2: In in regards to KD, and I don't want to speculate with what's going on, and I'm not. So we're not going to go there. We're just going to pull up the stats. And this is dating back with his time at Georgia. KD has had a regression every single year. So we'll just go over kind of a few highlight points of this. KD's three-point percentage at Georgia was 38.7. Last year it was 29, and this year it's 26.5. His average points at Georgia were 13.5, 12.3 last year, 7.9 this year. And his field goal percentage at Georgia was... 42.2, then last year 38.6, now 34.2. The only thing that has progressively gone up is his free throw percentage has actually gotten higher and higher each year. So that's nice to see. But something's going on to have numbers that are just like that drastically like downward. I don't know what it is, uh, and like I said, it's not—it's not even worth speculating over. But something's going on with KD, and I mean, I think that's one of the missing links for this team this year that I don't think anybody expected because he—he he was Auburn's leading scorer last year, right behind Jabari, barely edging out Wendell. And now, I mean, he's in the single digits as the one one fifth leading wow. scorer this team. And I mean, and it, it's recently an SEC play. I mean, that's gotten even worse so something don't know what's going on with KD like I said I mean not not worth speculating but I just I find it hard to believe and like I said I don't think that's coaching I mean these guys are young there's so many things that go on with life outside of basketball but I just you can't that's not a coaching thing something's going on with KD that is getting getting his game out of whack and hopefully they can solve and get him kind of you know, steered on the right course And kind of as Mike said I mean, It could be something similar Going on with Cardwell That's kind of got his game A little funk right now and I mean these guys are young They got a lot of pressure We don't know what all's Going on in their life Inside and outside of basketball That can overflow To mm-hmm. those 40 minutes of game time So it's not ever fair To judge somebody Or look too harshly down on them That's why I'm just trying To keep it real Like on the stat book But sure. I don't think Anybody had that On their bingo card Of like yeah KD's actually going to have A massive stat fall I, I thought most people Probably at worst, would have thought KD would have matched what he did last year, which I think, given all things considered, is what this team really, really could need right now to anybody. Hey, KD, get back to where you were, at least break even. Yeah. Brandy. Well,
1: what are, um, I'm just curious, what are Wendell's stats like year over year? Um,
2: So, yeah, good, good exercise there. Let's go to, uh, let's go look at Wendell's here and we'll go back to his time at Eastern Kentucky. Well, the reason why
1: I'm asking is because we saw we've we've already said it earlier on the pod, but Devin Cambridge's increase from at from when he is at Auburn to now, yeah, um, yeah, so shooting percentage Wendell and even Powell
2: and, and now also too. I mean, Eastern Kentucky, you're going to have a lot lower level of competition than what going to be facing in Auburn. He was a 36% three point shooter. At uh, His first year at uh, EKU and then 31.7 last year and then 27.5 this year. Mm. Points, 15.8, 12.0 last year and 13.6 this year. So a little bit more on the points. He's uh, very similar to KD. His free throws have gone up and he's about even, a little less, but about even to what he was last year. Field goal percentage is all about the same. He was 39.6, 36.5, and 37.3 from freshman to current year so he's around the same there so really the thing that's been dropping for Wendell has by far been that three-point percentage and honestly gonna try to defend this a little bit here and it may just be and it could be similar deal with KD I just kind of wonder if other teams got the tape on him now and they've learned hey here's here's ways to defend this guy better he's not sneaking up on us and maybe that's a similar fact for both of them is the fact that their games have gotten too similar so then let's pivot I'm gonna play back off on myself here maybe there's a little bit there of coaching where their their games are getting too predictable and they're not running enough plays to break up some of their ha- habits i mean you can almost we've seen enough from basketball where you can almost be, up oh, he's about to pull it and shoot here up he's not going to like probably other coaches and stuff are noticing it too maybe maybe there's a trend
1: Yeah, and honestly, I think some of it has to do with just being undisciplined in a sense, but I still think that goes back to the personnel thing. Like, when you don't have someone to pass it to that you can fully rely on to get a good shot off, like, yeah, I'm going to chunk the ball up because I trust myself more than somebody else. And sometimes that's not coaching, and that's just a player not having discipline enough to say, hey, I need to trust this guy. I think it goes back to that.
0: Don't we feel like, though, maybe... After he got benched, that got better a little bit. I felt like it got better a little bit. You talk about Wendell or KD? Um, both. Well, yeah, KD has definitely
2: gotten a lot better. And we're doing some of the deep dives on some of the games we have. It's just, you look you look at the stat overlay, and then it's just like, KD didn't do a whole lot, but he also didn't like really cost the team a whole lot either. It was like, well, he didn't have a lot of missed shots. He didn't have a lot of shots either. So it's like, and, I mean, his impact can be definitely felt on some of his uh, tenacious defense. That's something that uh, I don't think Wendell has as much of an impact
0: on defensively as KD can For, for have. sure. I mean, both of them have some have had some questionable shot-making yeah. decisions. At, at, you know, like, their shot selection has been questionable at best at points during the season. You know, for KD, I felt like his benching was more about other things because I, I've never questioned his effort. I think his effort is unquestioned. Um, I think he gives his all, uh, but he's an emotional kid and, you know, reigning those emotions in is part of being a good player. Um, For Wendell, um, you know, maybe overly trusting yourself is a problem, kind of as Brandy like hinted, uh, and then chunking up shots that you don't need to chunk up. Uh, But I, I I personally feel guys that shot selection is, is so much more important to a team uh, that lacks shot makers. All right.
1: Degree. Yeah. I'll so, say,
0: oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I mean, that that was it. That was the end of point.
2: <clears throat> well, I was gonna say the West Virginia game, and I remember tweeting about it. I was watching. There was a shot that Katie had. It was, I mean, just you could not have had a more wide open three with more time. I mean, it might as well have been a practice shot, and just did not make it. I'm just sitting there wanting to pull my hair out. It's like, come on, like that's a shot. Like you had no one near you. They weren't charging you. They were letting you have that shot. You got the open look. They blew the coverage and you didn't hit it, like, that's the shot that you got to make. And that was one of those hair pullers for me. It was just like, come on, especially in a game with as close as that game ended up being, like, those those kind of shots count, and it just stinks to where you don't make those, but then on the flip side of the coin, you got two guys on you, you're at the logo, and you're not going to pass it, or you, right. you hawk one up, or, or you do that when there's way too much time left on the shot clock. You know, if there's three seconds on the shot clock, like, yeah, get it off. A, a missed a miss shot's better than no shot, I get that, but like when there's twelve seconds left on the shot clock and you heave it up there just because you got guys in your face, like those are the moments where I'm just sitting there like, what is going on mm. but there and i'll I'll just you know before before people go kind of crazy with it, I mean just looking at the schedule, I mean after that Georgia game Auburn did polish a lot of things out and they were looking better, and they the Texas a game is a total collapse, I just can't believe how that wasn't home, but I do want to kind of defend my voice here a little bit. Texas A&M and West Virginia both just had insane lights out shooting games. Yeah, where they were shooting way over their season averages from three. I mean, A and M. But is that because
0: they're letting them shoot lights out,
2: or? Well, no. I mean, no. Because if you go back and you look at the game, like they were, they were shooting contested threes. They were shooting off balance threes. I mean, they were shooting. What seemingly would have been well defended are just bad, poorly timed shots. Now, granted, all if you go back and find every single one, yeah, okay, might have, could have defended that one better. But a majority of them were either like that was a bad three or that was a defended three, and they were just going in. And it was just like, what is going on? And then have the guards that were just completely unstoppable. And that was both of them. So and we saw that we saw it level out a little bit in the second half of the Texas A&M game, but it just stinks that that happened two games in a row. You saw that in USC with that guy. Um, their uh, their guard who just went absolutely crazy on Auburn as well. And to Auburn's credit, versus West Virginia, they were down by 17. And they were able to claw that one back. Once again, the only reason West Virginia was able to get scrape that one away is because in that last stretch of the game, they started just drilling these stupid threes again. But... Is that going to continue to happen throughout the season? We can hope not, especially get some of these teams going on like that. And when I say hope not, like our team's going to be shooting nearly double their averages or or players shooting double their averages. And going back to the whole what's left in the season of quad games, you've got six quad one games left. Four (laughs) of those are away. Your homes are obviously against Alabama and Tennessee so I don't Oof. know how confident. Like to me, I think the only away game that you're really going to feel like confident ish that, that, that you can, can win.
0: That ending could be rough. memes this is going
2: to be a and m. You got. I'll say this. I mean, I hate to say the phrase must win, but you gotta, gotta, gotta beat Georgia. I mean, you got to revenge game them at home this this Wednesday. But you can't. I don't think they're going to slip up against Ole Miss at home. I think you're fine there. And then you got Vandy away. I mean, you got to get those three, and you really got to get Missouri. I mean, those are going to be your non-quad ones. So if you lose, is
1: Missouri uh, away?
2: Missouri is home. Mm.
1: That and Missouri's been tricky. That being a quad one win by the time we play them.
2: Well, I mean, the more the merrier at this point. But if you're looking at just the quad ones, I mean, you got Tennessee away. That's going to be brutal. I, I think, I hope. They can potentially get I don't just because what a m did on the shooting, like they're not gonna do that again because it right. was just it was a it was an outlier game shooting. So I'm gonna circle that one as a probable like good one if Auburn can take care of business with George and then look competent against Tennessee. Alabama at home. That's a rivalry game. We have no idea what can happen there. I mean, we saw what happened with Alabama against Oklahoma. We know how that game can be. We know people yeah, are going to be is, absolutely. Insane. This is your sponsor
0: break. <laughs> yeah, Alabama sponsor got blown break. out by Oklahoma by twenty four points. And then Kentucky,
2: Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Alabama away, and then Tennessee at home. And I, I'm going to say, and I think it's as of as a recording this, Tennessee is the best team in the SEC. So. You can, it's going to be a weird how this plays out. Who knows? And as far as tournament seeds, the highest I've seen Auburn so far projected around a six seed. The lowest is around a nine. I don't know from all the matrix inputs of how these remaining games play out to where that bracketology could affect it for, well, if they win this one and lose this one and win this one and lose this one, that'll put da, 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 da. Like, I, I don't have that type of supercomputer going in my game. I do know a really simple breakdown. The more games you win and the better games you win and the less you lose, the better your seating is going to be in the tournament. That is my scientific math lesson for all the listeners out there. Yeah, that's it.
0: Uh, yeah, there's your uh, there's your lesson of the day. Win more games, higher seat. Bam. Brandy, closing thoughts. Scale of one to 10. How mid is Auburn basketball right now?
1: We're about a six, and I'll leave it at this. I am content as long as we make the tournament and we split the series with Alabama.
0: Uh, memes one to ten. On how many
1: seed we are?
0: How mid is Auburn basketball right now?
2: Uh, six point nine. Just because I wanted to say that number. Um, <laughs> and I I agree. I would love to see a. I mean, you got to get some upset wins here. A uh, Bama would be great. I'd love even one more. There'd be a Tennessee in there. Getting Kentucky at home. We don't need to have another upset loss. And at this point, uh, try to make a splash in the SEC tournament. I think without pure chaos. I mean, I don't think like anybody was expecting Auburn to win the regular season SEC this year. So. I don't think that's a loss. And once you're in the tournament, who knows what kind of crazy stuff can happen? Get to the tournament. Doesn't matter if it's a one seed, doesn't matter if it's a sixteen seed. You're there, you're there. And just go crazy and then develop and see what you know, just just see what can happen from there. I mean, at the end of the day, that was kind of gonna be what this season was all about. I don't think anybody really saw this team at any point in the offseason, really thinking like, oh, this is gonna be a a national competitive team. In all honesty, I think for the most part, this team is probably around performing what people kind of thought it would be doing. I think it's probably uglier than people would have thought, but if you look at record wise and everything, probably it's probably not too far off from what we thought. So I think it's just learn what we've got. That's coming back, learn what pieces we need to do and then kind of really rebuild that to propel for the offseason. season. let be honest, like this team lost Two first round draft picks. I mean, a testament to Bruce Pearl teams is they've been sending guys to the league a lot. So Yeah, but I mean,
0: to- I don't know if that's an excuse anymore. I mean, the better teams are losing those draft picks every year, too. You gotta find a way to reload uh every year. That is the reality of this new college basketball. Um, you know, so um I hear, but I mean maybe that again, that's why some people are saying this is one of his best coaching jobs because of the talent that was lost and did not did not return. So Memes is a six point nine on the mid-scale. Brandy is a six. Uh, we're a zero here at the Auburn Express, powered by the World Report, because ain't no mid over here on a Thursday when I'm joined by Brandy Mack and Auburn memes. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Alabama getting blown out this weekend by, or last weekend, by <laughs> Oklahoma. 24 points, they lost. Uh, so they may not be mid, but they had a midday, and we're going to celebrate that every day until uh, they beat Auburn, hopefully, that the day doesn't come. So, uh, guys, we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, this is a great conversation. I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation throughout the rest of what memes listed as the Quad One games left on Auburn's schedule. Uh, so we'll be back with you guys next Thursday in another episode of the Auburn Express. Mike Mack and memes here. Guys, we're signing off, as always. War Eagle.
1: War, War Eagle. War.